At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The numbers told the story they always do. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Good Thursday morning, too. It is a numbers game at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Fubo, Slate, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. It's Gil Alexander. Jeffrey Parlay, the Grover Cleveland producers here as well. Jeffrey, you good? Thursday morning, you ready for football from here on out this weekend? Well, I'm ready for that. I, I still have no idea what to do with tonight's game, but we'll, we'll get to that throughout the show. We I think will. you have a better idea than I do. I do, just because I don't think Alvin Kamara is playing. <clears throat> if he doesn't play, we'll see, though. We'll, we'll get the latest status on Alvin Kamara. Will it be Taysom Hill? Looks like it will be Taysom Hill. Uh, so we won't get the Trevor Simeon experience, but all of that's still up in the air. We'll talk about the Cowboys and Saints. Bill Krakenberger, unscripted, hour number two today. William Hill, not the William Hill, not the Will Hill, but our William Hill. We'll talk uh, all things college football, pro football, anything he wants to discuss later this hour. Uh, and Jeff and I will go over all things NFL this weekend as well. But uh, we usually begin Wednesdays with this gentleman. He's kind enough to join us on Thursday this week at Kegs and Eggs on Twitter. Bleacher Report at VEASAN's own Adam Kramer, how you doing, Adam? I'm doing well, man. It's been a week, though, if I'm being honest. It has been exciting, exhausting, like we have actual games to talk about, but the coach stuff, everything else, it's been a wild week of CFB. All right, so let's start with the coach stuff. Let's get get that out of the way, because that's obviously taken most of your time. What... um... In the end, yeah, I mean, you can't blame anybody for going. I'm always amused at how people are outraged by this in college football. But Lincoln Riley makes the only decision he should make, quite frankly. Goes from Norman to L.A., goes from shunning an SEC, you know, nuttiness in the future to getting to play in the Pac-12. Can't blame him for that. Um, Brian Kelly, okay, people might quibble with the way he did it, but I'm not so sure... That's not a huge, great, uh, huge get for LSU. Brian Kelly, I don't know. Maybe you could make the argument that that's a, a strange decision. Where do you stand on him? I, I think it's a great move. I mean, so people are mad. Brian Kelly, people don't like Brian Kelly, and he's earned some of that, obviously. He just does not come off as a likable guy. So when he meets with his players for four minutes or 11 minutes or two minutes, it was reported all week long what it was. That's a big story. There's no good way to leave a team, right? There's no good way to do this. But you and I have talked about it. I believe LSU, when it's cooking, can be one of the top two jobs in all of college football. I think USC, when it's cooking, can be a top five job in all of college football. But LSU specifically, we're going to find out the ceiling of Brian Kelly. We know that the floor is very high. We know that he puts together winning teams, but we don't know what he can do with a seemingly unlimited access to talent no academic standards i shouldn't say no that's a little harsh on lsu but a much different uh set of standards in terms <laughs> yes. of academics to get in and and so i think he's a great coach so it's it's one of those things and urban meyer was this way uh nick saban can be this way jim harbaugh you have to distance yourself from the person the personality what you think of them and how much they win he's won at an incredibly high level 
I think it's a really interesting hire. It's by the way, it is a goofy contract. It's a huge amount of money. What more than nine million guaranteed? An extra five hundred thousand retention bonus every year. An extra five hundred thousand dollars to make a bowl game, which is or should be normally for LSU a given. So this is a he wanted that that fairy godmother deal that he talked about the two hundred fifty million. This isn't quite it, but man, it's pretty close. Yeah, Earl Tucker, James Franklin, they all started this, though, with those extensions. And this is, you wonder if you're someone like Dabo, if you're someone like Nick Saban sitting around quietly, just thinking to themselves, what might I command if these guys are getting all this kind of dough? It's only going to go up uh, in the future. What do you think about Marcus Freeman being elevated to head coach at Notre Dame? Inexperienced, right? You know, been there a year, was great at Cincy, beloved there. I think the bigger story here is no one wants to follow Brian Kelly, which I find fascinating, but... Um, Notre Dame's in a tough position. Clearly, Luke Fickle makes a lot of sense, but do you want to wait for him? The early signing period in college football has put so much pressure on schools to make decisions now. Otherwise, it's a throwaway class. It's a throwaway class anyways in most years, except if you're Lincoln Riley, who could just recruit getting off the plane, I guess. But I like the hire. I like the mentality. Young, young guy. We tend to get nervous. How is he going to handle this situation? Clearly, they believe in him. I think he's going to work out well. Defense has been extraordinary this year. And again, there's no reason to believe Notre Dame shouldn't keep it going. That being said, Brian Kelly's a really good coach. This is a, a significant shoes to, to, to fill in this situation. Yeah, there's no arguing with the record, right? There's no arguing with the track record in his 12 years at Notre Dame. Um, okay. So let me just, I want to I wanna wait for this for after the season, but I think, you know, we, I think it's okay to say it right now. Kudos to you, because before the season started, you were all in on Georgia, and to this moment, you have been corroborated every which way uh, as being sort of a sage on that. You never wavered from it. You've also described here in your latest article, your latest betting guide to this week in college football at VEASAN.com, you also described Alabama after this Auburn game in the Iron Bowl as sort of the, the superpower that has lost its powers, the superhero that has lost its powers. Those two things as a backdrop, are you all over Georgia laying the points here in the SEC championship? I, I am, and I'm not alone. I'm interested to get your take on this too because you know I'm – you know, the contrarian in me says, you know, this. if this isn't Alabama, if you're looking at the metrics and the performances and everything else, this line is should be above 10, in my opinion. When you look at how Alabama has played, now it's not just the Iron Bowl. The offensive line is a mess. That's, that's to me, the biggest problem with Alabama. LSU was weird. Arkansas got a little weird. You, you go back through and you decipher Alabama's season, you start to say there's been breadcrumbs along the way that this team isn't quite the same. Nick Saban's telling his players to have fun at halftime. What, what is, is going that? on here? What is that? Yeah. like So, so and that's kind of cool, by the way. Nick Saban, the nurturer, when he knows he doesn't have the goods. Nick Saban <laughs> knows his team's hanging on by the thread, and you could see it in his face and in his expression. So, look, the, the one thing about this, philosophically, Georgia has to just – like they're in the playoff, okay? So is there going to be any sort of like, Georgia might even be the lock for the one seed no matter what. Like that's the position that we're in. So what does this game mean to them? Well, they've lost hugely important games to Alabama, including a national championship. And I can tell you in terms of recruiting battle, because you know it matters to Kirby Smart, they want to beat the heck out of Alabama. Yeah. They want to send a message. I, I think they have the talent. Defensively, we talk about this team a lot. They're the number six scoring offense in the country. Yes, it's a meat grinder offense, but it has been very, very effective. So I, I grabbed Georgia really early in the week when it was, what was it, six and a half? It wasn't, I mean, figuring that it would go to seven. It is seven. Um, 
because of all the things you state. Now, let me just say this sort of as a counter to the bet. The only, the only things I worry about, first number one with a bullet, is Kirby Smart in-game decision-making. If this is close, yes. if Alabama takes a lead, then I don't feel good at all. Uh, obviously, you never feel good if you're, if you're in a deficit laying points, but in the, in the terms of having Kirby Smart at the helm, that bothers me a lot because uh, we've seen it before. Two, I do worry that if Alabama takes a lead or is in a competitive game, that their DNA sort of kicks in, if you will. Like So there's the, the powers yep. that you're referring to that they've lost, that all of a sudden there's some kind of a motor, motor a memory of it, and it's like, oh, no. And then Georgia also has the same happen with them. So that's obviously not a quantifiable thing, but I do worry about those two things. Other than that, everything you say is why I made the bet. You watch Alabama against Auburn in that Iron Bowl, and you're just like, this is not... You're, forget your mom and dad's Alabama. This is not your b- older brother and sister's Alabama. And we've seen that all no, year, they, kind of. Yeah, the, this, look, they lost a ton of skill position talent. The last two years, they've lost... Look at the r- rookie wideouts. Look at Jalen Waddell. Look at Demontage. Look at these guys. I mean, the, Najee, Najee. I mean, these are really great all-time Alabama players. So maybe we shouldn't be surprised. Like you're starting to catch up to that now. You're right about the in-game stuff, but you, don't Twitter search Bill O'Brien uh, right now either. <laughs> right? I mean, right. They, you lost. They lost Sarkeesian. They got Bill O'Brien um, in a very Alabama-like way, and the offense just has not been the same. Sark. We could say whatever we want about his first year at Texas. Boy, that guy could scheme for them. He was brilliant for them. And I think that departure, maybe more than the skill position talent, has been huge. So I, I just think you're right. There's a big mind game with this. And Kirby, he's got to get over this hump. They've had opportunities to get over this hump. If they can't get over here, this is the line I've used at Beeson. I used it to the start of the season. I used it this week. If not now, when for Georgia, this is the game they got to make that impression. That was your line. If not now, when? And so, last thing on this, um, if if Bama loses a close one, I know I've asked you this in some form before, but this is the question asked yeah. this week because everybody's telling me, Gil, a two-loss Alabama is not making the playoff. I just don't believe them. Like, if Alabama loses a close game here, it's going to be the buzz in the air, and they're voting on it for the next morning, and I just don't feel like they're going to kick Alabama out. To that, you say what? I was with you six weeks ago. Well, first off, I say it depends, right? Because if other teams take care of business, I think they have a chance. to. They're out. Oklahoma State would be in. Cincinnati would be in. Oklahoma State loses, which it can. Cincinnati loses, which it can. Michigan loses to my beloved Iowa Hawkeyes. I'm not going to go there because I don't think they can or will. Um, then it's when it starts to get weird, and we have not had a conference championship weekend where it's gotten weird for the playoff, then I think that that discussion is relevant. I agreed with, like, four, five, six weeks ago before LSU, yes, Alabama can lose this game and still get in. The eye test has not been kind to them of late, and I think that's really hurt them. Now, that being said, close game, and some chaos, then yes, I think they got a shot to get in. But then what? You're going to have Alabama and play Georgia again? That's the other part of this. The committee does not want a rematch, one versus four, unless it's an epic one. And if that's the case, maybe, yeah, they'll sign up for it and say, give me one more serving of that. Well, I got ahead of Georgia early in the week. I got ahead of that line, and I got ahead of the uh, Cowboys-Saints line last night. Jeff, the latest news is now confirmed, I guess. Yeah, Gene Slater, NFL Network, uh, on a report, Camara out Armstead out, Ramchek out. That's your two starting tackles, and obviously the all-pro running back out for New Orleans. Got the Cowboys last night, minus five, looking like minus five and a half right now, maybe ticking up as we speak. 
Um, actually settling in. I see it dig back down to five now for a second, so we'll see where that goes from here. Uh, Adam, hang out for a second, if you would, because I want to talk to you about all the other championship games this weekend beyond Alabama and Georgia. Get your thoughts on Cincinnati. Is Houston live, not only against the spread, but to win it outright? What does he think about Michigan and Iowa and beyond? Pac-12 tomorrow night. We'll do it with Adam Kramer at Kegs and Eggs on Twitter right here on a numbers game of Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Numbers game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada, the king of sports books. Visit BetMGM.com and download the BetMGM app. Won't take you but a few seconds to do that. BetMGM, the king of sports books. Solid betting experience, as solid and as great as they come. Skill Alexander, Adam Kramer is here with us as well, of course, from uh, Kegs and Eggs on Twitter. Bleacher Report, and of course, VEASAN contributor on college football. Um, we don't want to go without talking about Michigan and Ohio State, Adam. Just unbelievable performance by the Wolverines. They dominated both lines of scrimmage in the snow. That was a drubbing of the highest order. And as we head into the Big Ten Championship, first of all, a couple questions. One, let's start with the Heisman. You wrote briefly about this. Aiden Hutchinson, you think there's a – characterize his shot at winning the Heisman – if you would for us. Okay. I got to be honest. I'm trying to will this one home, right? So, <laughs> yes. so, so I'm going to inject my hope and need for a defensive player to win the award. It still burns me that Sue didn't win. However, we got an interesting situation. We know that Stroud is done playing. We know that Bryce Young is playing the number one defense, maybe of the last 10 years and did not have a great game. We know that Hutchinson, again, talking about my Hawkeyes, they don't have great tackles. So in terms of the final impression, look, if Bryce Young plays well and they beat Georgia, this thing is done. He's going to win the award. But if they lose and he's not great and Hutchinson has two, three more sacks, I, I think he's got a real shot here. Now the question is, is are enough people, and way too many people vote for this award, but there's 800 people, it's ridiculous. 900 um, plus, yeah. Okay, I, I'd like a vote. Actually, it's probably a bad idea. You don't have Whatever. one? You don't have a vote? No, oh, are you kidding? I'm like telling me, telling every week who I pick for the Heisman. They'd like pull my vote after like two days. Like this guy <laughs> needs to shut up and stop talking about it. Um, I, 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 so last year with like Devonta Smith, like that was it. You could feel the momentum. I could feel it with Hutchinson. The question is, can we get over this? Can, can the regular voters who would never vote a defensive player, can enough people say – this guy's worth it. I think he's played that way. It's not just against Ohio State, although if you're going to have that game, that's the kind of game against that opponent you have to have. The dude has been spectacular. Anderson and Alabama has been spectacular. I think we've got a real shot here, to be quite honest. I think if things go well and there's a realistic scenario that they could, he's going to make a strong, strong push to win this thing. Well, you said it right there. Are there enough of those voters, right, who are progressive enough in their thinking to go that direction. And my instinct, I think as many listening to this are, is like, nah, not a chance. But will he get invited? Let's start there. Probably so, maybe. I don't even know that, right? Well, let me just ask you this last yes. thing about the Heisman. Is this yeah. the worst Heisman race as a body of work in recent memory? 
Yeah, it's the it, maybe not worst. It's the strangest. It's just felt disjointed all year. Yes. By the way, my Kenny Pickett seventy-five to one ticket, not completely dead. Not pretty completely. much completely. No, but not completely. He could get an invite. Yeah, it's it's just felt disjointed. Like it's it just has. We've had the ebbs and flows. Um, you know, Bryce Young has been great, and then last week, in a position to really take control, just hasn't. I, I don't disagree with that. I think there's been some incredible individual performances, but a lot of them have come on defense. And again, we're just not ready to embrace that when it comes to this award. No, we're not. What about the Big Ten Championship, though? Do your, uh, does Michigan roll here? Yeah, they do. I, 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 it's kind of strange. Iowa in the Big Ten Championship, the whole thing, the way that Nebraska game unfolded, which was disgusting if you're a Nebraska fan, except you're used to it. Iowa, uh, you know, finds a way in Minnesota gets it done. It's been a good year for Iowa, but outside of their center, who is superb and maybe a top 10 pick this line is not great. The defensive line is not great. Like they play similar styles. Michigan is just so much better at it. So I do think, you know, we talked about like mentality for the sec championship game. I want to know where Michigan is. That win was a like a Super Bowl that felt like a playoff game that was like exercising demons of a decade against Ohio State. I don't think it'll come out flat for a Big Ten championship. Like I think this is where Harbaugh will shine, but I do wonder what you're going to get out of them. I, I, look, Ference is great in terms of game planning and scheming. Iowa is out athlete in this game in a big way. I think this one could be ugly. I feel great for Jim Harbaugh, man. He puts up with a lot of stuff. I do, too. Yeah, total 44 in that game, by the way. Michigan favored by 11. So what is that, like a uh, 27-16, 28-17 kind of, if you conflate the two, uh, the the, uh, total and the line together. Big 12 championship. Obviously, this has implications. Uh, because, again, for those conspiracy theorists, and I might be one of them, who thinks Cincinnati's not in the clear even with a win in the AAC championship. Oklahoma State is that team with their face pressed against the glass. Five-and-a-half-point favorites against Baylor after a dramatic win at Bedlam for the Cowboys. Oh, that was a fun game, man. That was a really fun game. And, again, we talk about a team that has not won that quote-unquote rivalry much. I mean, what a win for them. And, Look, they're in a position to be the three seed and and get a crack at me. I mean, Oklahoma State realistically is in a position to potentially have a a pick em or a, a short line against a team like Michigan to play in the national championship. It's wild. They got to get through this game, though, and I think it'll be close. Baylor's tough. Last week against Texas Tech is like a classic look-ahead game, wasn't it? That's what it felt like when I saw the line. You watch them play uh, uninspired. Baylor is better than that. The first game these two teams played, the line was four. Oklahoma State won by 10. It was a boa constrictor football game. I think this one will be again. You've got two top 20 defenses. Obviously, Oklahoma State's defense. I thought missed some tackles last week. Held up well, largely, to Oklahoma's explosiveness. I think they do that again. I think it's going to be close, though. I think this has a chance to be one of the better games of the weekend, but I still like the Pokes to win. Yeah, what I love about championship weekend is, too, with with apologies to, say, Kent State, Northern Illinois, or a game like that, is that you really do get to focus largely on one hugely impactful football game, and that's what kicks things off. The Big 12 championship, 12 noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Saturday. Now, obviously, Cincinnati and the AAC championship, that obviously is the one with uh, the most direct impact here on the uh, four beyond Georgia and beyond the Alabama outcome. Cincinnati's a 10.5-point favorite. 52.5 is the total here. How live is Houston not only to cover here, but do you give them a shot at an upset? 
I absolutely do. When I look at Dana Holgerson, who just looks like a man of chaos <laughs> with the mullet. Yes. And man of Bull, chaos. Yes. And the sideline demeanor. He ain't scared. And his team doesn't play scared. Like they've had a tremendous year. They drop the opener and then rip off all these games in a row. And yeah, I think they're absolutely live for this game. They're balanced. They play defense. They are kind of Cincinnati light. When you look at just the performances and outcomes, I don't mean that as an insult, but I, and, and also there's that, we'll go back to the mentality. It seems to be a theme as we're talking through, they got nothing to lose. Well, they, they got a, you know, a conference championship to lose, but I think they're in a position to play a glorious spoiler potentially. And I want Cincinnati in the playoff, but I do think there's a mentality that they have that starts with their head coach who a couple of weeks ago was ready to fight a referee. I can't really blame them for it given considering the officiating that they're going to come at this and they've got the goods to do it. Now, Cincinnati, I think, played a lot better the last two weeks. East Carolina is a pretty good team, by the way. East Carolina is a heck of a lot better than they were a couple of years ago. And, of course, the, the beat down of SMU, I don't necessarily still trust the Cincinnati team. I do like Houston to cover the 10.5, and, and I think they're going to put a scare into Cincinnati. Uh, final, final scenario. Alabama loses in, in the last second. Cincinnati barely beats Houston. Let's say they win in the last second. And Oklahoma State handily beats Baylor. Cincinnati's out? Cincinnati's in. Okay. I think there I think there's enough flaws. Here's my playoff. Let's just let's go through that. I I think you're gonna have Georgia at one, Michigan at two, Oklahoma State, Cincinnati. I think they're gonna take care of business. I think it's gonna be close. But Houston's now regarded as a pretty good win, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the good news for Cincinnati. That is, is you get past Houston. That's your biggest resume well, outside of Notre Dame, of course. Your biggest resume boost to date. By the way, speaking of team of chaos, Notre Dame just chilling, maybe hiring a head coach, making the playoff. That would be great. If you want to, if we want to get real weird with this sport, let's do that. And the fact that the committee said they're going to penalize Notre Dame for Brian Kelly leaving is one of the dumbest things they've said, and they've said a lot of dumb things over the years. That yeah. was that was enraging to hear. It's it's actually in the language though, right? Like that's how that that's why they got to state it because there's actually a stipulation when they're deciding and you know how subjective it is, but that's actually in the yes. bylaws that they can make a decision based on that. Uh last thing rapid fire here. And by the way, I yes. love I love that Southern Cal is playing Cal on uh, on Saturday night. That's just amusing as all get out. But tomorrow, yes. uh Pac twelve, Oregon and Utah, the rematch, Utah rolled them. Utah just a three point favorite here. Oregon, Utah, pardon me. Is that what I said? I like Oregon. Yeah. The bounce back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Oregon. I, I think um, I, I loved Utah a couple of weeks ago. I think they're a great team at home. Let's get let's get this one on a neutral site. This game's going to draw a ton of one-sided action. People saw the Utah game. I like the way Oregon bounced back against Oregon State. I think they could have won that game by more, even though they covered. Neutral field is, is, is such a change. Venue is such a theme this week in general. I think the Ducks bounce back. I think they cover. I think they win the conference. All right. I'm, I'm rolling out on this. This is for people in the fam. But, like, do you follow FCS at all? At all? Not not as much as I should. Okay. I need to do more. Because William Hill does have a prop to win the F- FCS championship, so I'm curious who you thought on that. Sam Houston, James Madison, it's all bettable. All interesting. I, I need to – I need – my eyes are too many places right now, man. That's it. I can't yeah. give – I give enough bad gambling advice as is. Let me just say, Kennesaw State, solid for those listening. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate it, man. Enjoy the weekend. All uh, right, you too, buddy. Talk soon. NFL next. Numbers gave me – 
The Numbers Game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Tomorrow's episode of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod features Mattress Mac discussing his $13,000 worth of bets in last weekend's Kentucky Derby Future Wager. Anthony Stabile of the New York Racing Association previews Saturday's Cigar Mile Card at Aqueduct. And Paul Zilm talks about Circus Sports' new Derby Futures and the Handicaps Weekend Races. Subscribe now at iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher. Or download it tomorrow morning at visa.com slash podcasts. The Ron Flatter Racing Pod, sponsored by First Bet. Skill Alexander, Jeffrey Parlay is here. A numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. So the Alvin Kamara news, and you can repeat that, Jeff. Alvin Kamara is out. So are two starting offensive linemen, perhaps the most consequential of the Saints offensive linemen. And so now we are seeing a tick. DraftKings has gone to five and a half on the Cowboys. And a major offshore has gone to six on the Dallas Cowboys, as we suspected it would. So you really, if you if you like the conviction on the Cowboys, and again, I got ahead of this last night on primetime action when we were discussing it, it looked like the first report that Kamara was probably not going to play wasn't confirmed last night. It was confirmed this morning. And what is it? What is the uh, verbiage on it again? You can read that again, Jeff. Kamara, Taron Armstead, Ramchek, Ryan Ramchek will just be out. Armstead, Ramchek gone as well. Yeah. So and the Taysom, we're getting a start from Taysom Hill. That is determined that we are getting a start. Not 100% of the way there, but that it, is the way it, it's trending. Would it even matter to you at this point? Doesn't me. I mean, not I, I, even more so than Kamara being out, the, t- the two tackles being out kind yeah. of destroys yeah. what the whole game plan's got to be with him. How are they scoring? I had the Cowboys minus five last night. It is minus six at an offshore. Get ahead of it if you like the Cowboys now. Or, you know, you wonder what's the point of resistance now? Because it's got to be seven by game time, if not through that. I would imagine, or seven might meet resistance. But even seven wouldn't meet resistance for me. Like I just for me, for tonight's game at New Orleans, Thursday night football. I love the Cowboys. All in on it. Love love the Cowboys tonight. Love the Patriots on on Monday night. Patriots getting the points because of the weather now. The weather's a huge factor in that Monday night game. Winds expected to be twenty three miles per hour. In Buffalo, supposed to be precipitation. Won't be snow because it'll hover right around, if at least this forecast is correct, right around 33, 34 degrees. So it could be a mix of rain and snow if it gets just a tad lower than that. Or right in that range of a mix. That's what it says. If you look at the little icon, half snow, half rain. But the wind is the huge thing because that will take away a lot of your passing game planning. And if you're talking about ground games, huge advantage for the Patriots. So all of a sudden now, and this is against what I liked on Guessing Lines before we even talking about the weather, before we do about Camara, this is the problem this year. Like, we did a we did a uh, Megapod Thanksgiving week on Tuesday, and I was like, oh, I love Tennessee with the points in this game last week against the Patriots, but by the time the game rolled around, A.J. Brown was done. So at that point, you're like, well, the Titans can't do anything on offense. That's how I feel about New Orleans tonight. So so doing early sort of assessments in the NFL this week, and then there's COVID, right? That's a whole nother layer. It's just so difficult this year. So in the end, Jeff, I love tonight. I love the Cowboys tonight. I love the Patriots Monday in the end. I still think I love Minnesota laying seven. I still have no idea why that's just seven at Detroit. 
And if it's because it's no Dalvin Cook and it's Alexander Madison, I don't get that, along with Tony Pollard, best backup running back in the NFL. I love the Colts laying the points at the Texans. It's a little higher than seven in that, but I don't think it's high enough. And then convince me not to take San Francisco at Seattle. I think this might be the easiest week, the easiest week of all this year for me to come up with five picks. That is not a good sign. That is you. a horrific sign. <laughs> Cue the 0 and 5. This from a guy who hasn't had greater than a 3 and 2. I've had like seven 3 and 2s, but I haven't had a greater than a 3 and 2 all year. The uh, one thing I'm going to be curious just from a contest perspective here, because we the other major contest in town shaded New England to 2.5. Yeah. I'm curious to see, because the millions numbers come out at uh, 1 o'clock Eastern yeah. today. Uh, I'm curious to see if there's any shades here or there that go against you there, Gil. I'm curious if we see a Minnesota shade to 7.5 and in that contest. Now, I could see them throwing uh, that I could see them throwing that shade, Jeff. Yeah, I, I could see New England get shaded to 2.5 as well. So yeah. I'm just curious to see if there are some shades against positions. Again, I, I like New England from the get-go this week, you even did. before the you full You said outright. Report. Yeah, outright, absolutely. Yeah. The only problem is there one thing I want to monitor with New England, though. There seems to be a potential for a rolling COVID issue there because they just put Duggar, their leading tackler, on the COVID list. Taylor, uh, J.J. Taylor was put on it two days ago. So something to monitor over the next few days. This is what, But it's a great point because this is why. So when I, when I say to you, what do I have in my account? This is why you don't get that from me it was too early in the week. Like the Cowboys went into the account last night. Because of that last Camara story, getting ahead of the official word this morning. While I love New England, I'm not putting it in the account yet, and so it does. It does sort of wreak havoc on doing content, right? Because you can't do shows too early. That was the one part of again about the Megapod Thanksgiving week. You don't want to get in that rut of you doing shows on a Tuesday, which is why we do it today after the show. Doctor Bob, our guest with Mike Palm, Todd Wishnam, and I the uh, D after this. So we're looking forward to that. But that's that's the deal in the NFL. And you're right about the Patriots. Like, no reason to rush unless you want to get ahead of the weather and you think that total is not low enough at this point. That's that. If you're going to bet anything in that game, the total yeah. under is the only thing you can bet right now. The only problem is what happens. Look, it's not like... Uh, Weather reports are wrong every uh, every once in a while, Gil. It's the biggest mystery, right? We don't we don't hold weather folk accountable for their forecasts. Somebody needs to track that. Get their records, post their records. By the way, R.I.P. Doug Hill, who I grew up watching in D.C., former weatherman. Um, what do you love beyond these games? I, I actually want to ask you a question, please, here, uh, because this card last week was the last two weeks going in. It felt like it was, okay, week 11 is the hardest card of the year, and then week 12 came out, and it was even more ridiculous than week 11. I'm kind of with you. There is more that I gravitate towards this week, but there's two fringe games that I don't think I want to bet that I'm just curious on your on your, on your take here, Gil. And one of them is a game you'll be at here in town, the Washington football team against the Raiders, where the Raiders, based off of Washington's win, Raiders open three, now it's down to two and a half. That makes that game completely unbettable, correct, at two and a half? I mean, I, I said before the Seahawks game, I love Washington tonight. I don't like him against the Raiders. At two and a half, I really don't like him. Um, I just wonder, 
the, the, the Washington defense is better without Chase Young, undisciplined Chase Young for most of this year. I love Chase Young, but he was he, you got to stay in your lane, literally. And he was just running up field. And so I just, I, I, I just don't see. Now, here's the thing. I didn't see Washington rolling the Raiders a couple, was it a couple years ago when they played that Sunday night game and Washington just destroyed them at FedEx Field? But this strikes me as a game where Darren Waller wreaks havoc and Washington doesn't have answers for all of Derek Carr's options on offense. But ultimately, it is a game I will not wager on. Don't want any part of it. But it, it would be Raiders or nothing for me. Keep in mind, Darren Waller, uh, of course, hurt his knee on Thanksgiving. Yep. We'll have to see how that trends yep. throughout the week. The other one that, uh, again, I think is a difficult game, but it's one of the more intriguing games on the card just from a watchability standpoint. The Chargers at the Bengals, which is right now at a three, which feels correct to me, Gil. The biggest thing that I'm going to be looking for, and this is an in-game scenario, and you can do this with the Chargers more so than any other team, Gil. On the days the Chargers don't have it, because of Brandon Staley knowing it does not matter if I lose this game by 3 or 33, the Chargers are kind of a team you can play like a college game almost in-game-wise. Yeah. Because if the Chargers are going to get destroyed, they're going to get absolutely pummeled like we've seen so far this year. Yeah, this was we we uh, Matt asked the question last night on primetime action. If you could only choose to watch one game, if you were only if you could only not choose to watch, if you were only allowed to watch one game this weekend, what was the game you would choose? And this was the one that we both came up with was Chargers Bengals, probably because a lot of the other ones are like huge spreads, right, and and look to be per, uh, potential blowouts. But I think here. This is the narrative game, like after this, just like with New England-Buffalo, whatever results there, people are going to have completely different takes on those two teams. The Chargers lose this. They're just an also-ran at this point if they lose this football game. If the Bengals win, you could tell, oh, maybe they'll get the number one seed. If the other thing happens, all of a sudden the Chargers are like, wait a minute, the Chargers could win the West, they have a tiebreaker potential with the Chiefs, and all of a sudden you're thinking them in a completely different light. So there's no bet here whatsoever, but it is probably the most intriguing football game of the week, if you only could watch one, maybe this is the one. But I don't know that I gravitate towards a pre-flop bet on either of the two we've discussed. No, I no the the Charger one is an in, that is I monitor that for in-game opportunities because yeah. if the Chargers don't show up, there are opportunities to go against them in-game. And the Washington thing, you said it. You know, Darren Waller's been missing practice. Deshaun's been limited. You can't make a statement until you you really know if those guys. Are if they're playing, forget about it. If they're not. Maybe you do play Washington. Will Hill chimes in next. A numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN, the sports betting network. Ben MGM, the King of Sportsbooks, welcomes you with the lock of the year. Simply place a $10 money line wager on either Dallas or New Orleans tonight. And if either team scores a touchdown, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VSIN200 when you make your first bet. Enjoy football like never before. With BetMGM special offers all season long, download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if either Dallas or New Orleans scores a touchdown. Eligibility restrictions apply. 
apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotion subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. We get tweets at Beating the Book. Always appreciate the uh, feedback. This is actually a uh, text, not a tweet. I took Sam Houston. Oh, I made the uh, FCS comment on the way out the door with Kramer. Uh, I took Sam Houston plus 250 to win it. Not the best number, but they're ranked number one. Went with the second favorite. Chalky, but gives me something to watch. You ever watch the FCC tournament at the end of the year? FCS tournament, rather? I definitely don't watch the FCC tournament, Gil. <laughs> yes. Oh, I yes. can tell you that. What about but, the FCS uh, tournament? No, I'll watch the FCS. Look, that's usually... I. There always seems to be some sort of ridiculous weather in the FCS championship game for whatever reason. I I, I don't know I don't know what it, wh- why it is because it's usually in Frisco, Texas. But uh, is this I, Sam Houston's last year in the FCS? I'm pretty sure it is. I think and it then is. Remember it, James Madison, who's a power in there. Yeah. Also going up as yeah. well. So James Madison's finest wide receiver ever, Jeff. No. The great Gary Clark. There you go. How's that dude not in the Hall of Fame? Uh, this is from uh, let's see, do, 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 do. Nate King. Could 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 Harbaugh go as far as using Aiden Hutchinson on offense to boost his Heisman status if beating Iowa comfortably? <laughs> That's a great call. I don't know. Seven hundred two AJ Chase Young is the new Lavar Arrington. You're right, man. 702 AJ, that's your best tweet ever. It's absolutely right. LeVar Arrington was the couldn't get it right guy when he played in DC. Oh, spectacular talent. Just couldn't do what the defensive just couldn't stick to the scheme. You cannot, you cannot ad lib. Can you just can you play how we're supposed to play? Chase Young will learn though. I think he's a different animal than uh than what uh, was going on back in the day with LeVar. Let's bring in Will Hill, get his thoughts on the National Football League. Will Hill at not the Will Hill on Twitter, uh VC contributor. And, of course, the host of the New York City cast, which I retweet every week for Young Will because it's uh, it's blowing up, as the kids say. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, Gil. How are you guys? I'm doing very well. Before we get to football, can I ask you about your sport, baseball? What are they doing, yeah. man? What are they doing? Do they not get, like, I mean, fundamentally, do they not get that they're already teetering on the edge here? Well, when you say what are they doing, you have to be more specific. Are you referring to the fact that they used two different baseballs last year? Yeah. Are you referring to the stoppage? I mean, I don't know if you mentioned that with, with Jason, who I know. Look, we bet a lot of money on these games and you know these awards, all this stuff, you know, futures. They're using two different balls. That's a, a pretty bizarre man for just can't seem to get out of his own way. There's two different balls. Was there some story also they got rubbed under where it was like, oh, they didn't test for PEDs last year too? Like, there's all kinds of different things going on with baseball. You're like, what are you? What are y'all doing? Um, but yeah, no, obviously I'm referring to the work stoppage, which is those of us who love baseball, none of these things you're doing, right? Expanding the postseason, none of this appeals to us, right? Because we love the history of baseball, we love the stats, having some sort of, you know, uniform context over time, the playoffs where you get to choose your opponent, like all this stuff. And it's not like there's a kid, I said this on primetime last night, there's not like there's some 24-year-old on-the-fence baseball fan somewhere in Chicago who's like, oh, you're expanding the postseason? Now I'm in, Rob Manfred. Thank God. This is what I've been waiting for. I just Everything they do is wrong, man. Everything. And this could be the death knell. 
expanding the playoffs really bothers me too because we're going to sit here watch 162 games unless you have the best record so you win your division so what you're still playing a best of three okay you get it at home but i mean that's a lot of games to watch a lot of season to go through just to get a best of three that's uh that's crazy to me i can't stand the expanded playoffs yeah and a lot of a lot of games to get through to have half of your teams make the postseason anyway right either way you look at it it's stupid so yeah Good luck baseball as the money flies around. By the way, before we, we get off baseball, what was the besides Scherzer to the Mets, what was the biggest signing for you if they do play? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I actually like the other guys the Mets got. I think Kanha, Escobar gives them some versatility, some durability. in a Mets team that, looked they've had a hard time keeping guys on the field. So Escobar's a guy that can play multiple positions, just stay in the lineup. I think the Mets had a nice offseason. The Rangers, I think, you know, that's interesting only in their, you know, what, what I really found interesting was that Simeon got $125 million less than Seager because to yeah. me those are comparable players. Yeah. Uh, if over on open, I would maybe take an over on the Rangers. But look, they're not in that division. They're not, uh, you know, they don't have enough pitching. But the Rangers obviously improved their team. Yeah, I would love to have had the uh, transcript of Marcus Simeon's discussion with his wife yeah. after that. That might not have been pretty. Um, okay, <laughs> football. Let's start college. What do you like this weekend? I love Michigan. Uh, I think this narrative that they're going to be tight, they're nervous. I think. The fans sometimes project their own feelings onto these kids. These are 19, 20-year-old kids. I don't think they're going to be nervous. I don't think they're going to be tight. I think Iowa's going to have a really hard time scoring, a really hard time moving the ball. Uh, I think Michigan's going to bury them. I don't see Iowa scoring more than, you know, 10 points. And I think Michigan wins it all. I really think Michigan has is really live to win it all. I know there's this perception here that Harbaugh is this kind of – you know, muscle head, meathead, underachiever at Michigan. This is a guy who's a really good coach. He took over, first of all, he won at Stanford. Then he took over a dead 49ers team. First three years, NFC title game, Super Bowl, NFC title game. Boom, 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 just like that. I, I think, you know what, he's gotten kind of a bad rap at Michigan. Last year was the first disappointing year, but uh, this guy can coach. I, I, I like the defense. They're a little better offensively. To me, this is pretty wide open. I like Michigan here. He's been phenomenal everywhere he's been. USD before. Uh, Stanford, and then, as you said, the Niners. And really, it's, it's that, you know, hey, Barkley didn't win win a ring mentality, so he's not one of the greats kind of thing. So he doesn't beat Ohio State, and everybody's, you know, all over the guy. He's been phenomenal. I, and I agree with you. I actually think it is a, a sneaky good championship play at around plus 850 on Michigan, who admittedly doesn't do anything quite as well as Georgia. But I don't know. There's a scenario where one football game, they could end up uh, prevailing there. So you love Michigan. By the way, the, the notion that they would be nervous, did anybody watch the Ohio State game? Like, that's the game they would have been nervous in, right? Yeah, and I don't I don't buy the fact that they'll be tight. I don't buy the fact uh, of a letdown spot. And just to go back to Harbaugh, he's he's a holding call in the end zone away from maybe winning that Super Bowl. Remember, there was I think it was maybe Anklin. It couldn't have been Bolden. I forget no, the receiver. It, it but was somebody, uh, Crabtree. Crabtree. It was Crabtree, yes. Yeah. It was Crabtree. got mugged in the end zone, third or fourth down. They, they didn't call the hold. I mean, that's the difference here between winning and losing a Super Bowl. And look, if he has a Super Bowl ring, he's he's looked at a, a lot differently. So uh, I'm into this Michigan team. I'm actually happy Harbaugh's done well just because this narrative that he's an underachiever uh, to me is a little ridiculous. Anything besides Michigan on Saturday or this weekend, college? I'm tempted to play Georgia, but, man, just laying that number uh, against Bama – really scares me. I may, maybe the under. I, I definitely would lean Georgia. I had Auburn money line last week. I still don't know how I lost that game, man. That was just brutal. So I'm a little brutal. scarred. That we, we, just terrible. Dude. Just terrible. You know what I wish? I wish they would play these conference title games at somebody's home field. Like, to me, the fact that you're going to play Michigan-Iowa in a dome. I mean, this is the Big it's Ten really, title game. Play in Michigan. Let's so get the weather, some snow. It's yeah. ridiculous to play 
Don't. It's so bad. By the way, I was with you on Auburn. Just one of the more brutal losses ever. You just sort of sit there. You're like, it's screaming at Bigsby to get out of bounds. It's just the worst. Um, all right, Pro, your favorite picks in the NFL. Boy, I think my favorite one is the Colts. Uh, I just don't see how the Texans do anything. I mean, I, the fact that they've won two games, there should be a 30 for 30 on how this team has won two games. They are so dreadfully bad. Uh, to me, the Colts are better. The Colts are motivated. They won 31-3 last time. To me, this game's got 34-7, 34-3 written all over it. Uh, Colts have let a few games get away here. I think the Colts are live going forward. To me, this is uh, an, this is nothing profound to say the Colts are much better than the Texans, but I don't give the Texans much for home field advantage. To me, this is a blowout here for the Colts. Yeah, the Colts of the of the you know this was a a flurry of big road favorites this week, so you don't want to get too frisky because somebody's not covering and somebody might even flirt with getting upset. But for me, the Vikings and the Colts were the two where I'm just like, yeah, you know what? Those aren't high enough. Give me that. And if and if you can beat me, tip of the cap. Colts are definitely one of those two. Any other one before we leave here? We've got 60 seconds. Um, yeah, I like the under tonight. I just think Taysom Hill at quarterback, their game plan is just going to be to grind the clock, run the ball, ball control. They really, The Saints really don't have a lot of explosiveness at wide receiver. So uh, I think a run-heavy game script here for the Saints. So I'll play the under. I think that 47.5 is a little high. Yeah, seems very high. Um, Cowboys now up to six-point favorites almost everywhere on the Alvin Kamara official news that he will be out along with Armstead and Ramchek both on the offensive line. So under 47 and a half from Will Hill and never forget that Super Bowl will never forget that if the lights don't, if the lights don't turn off yeah. maybe Harbaugh gets rolled after all that was bizarre it was like an hour delay right it was that was the that was one of those where people the conspiracy theorists were like mm-hmm how do we make this game close because if that doesn't happen man oh man uh, Baltimore behind the great Joe Flacco rolls them Thank you, Will. Hard to believe that's a decade ago now. Hard to believe that's a decade ago. Uh, We're getting old. Don't remind me. That is that long ago. Appreciate it, man. Enjoy the weekend. Will Hill, everybody. At Not The Will Hill, host of the New York City Cast. VEASAN's New York City Cast, wherever podcasts are distributed. Crackman, unscripted, next. Numbers game, VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, welcomes you with the lock of the year. Simply place a $10 money line wager on either Dallas or New Orleans. If either team scores a touchdown, you'll win $200 in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use bonus code VEASAN200 when you make your very first bet. Enjoy football like never before with BetMGM's special offers all season long. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VEASAN200 to win $200 in free bets if either Dallas or New Orleans scores a touchdown. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards are issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. This is VSIN, the sports betting network. Whether you're a novice or a seasoned veteran in the sports book, VSIN is here to help you improve your sports betting skills. VSIN has assembled the leading team of insiders and handicappers to analyze every angle of every game so you can make the most informed wagering decisions. 
The VSIN approach is simple. The more you know as a sports better, the better chance you have to succeed. We cover every sport from the better's perspective, and we bring that expected, 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 and we bring that expected.